0: Welcome to SKUcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs in the promotional products industry. SKUcast shines a light on our industry's best work, features maverick personalities, and discusses what's really involved in running a modern promotional products business. SKUcast is the official podcast of Common SKU. There are a few roles we've noticed growing with distributors. One is a dedicated marketing person, whether you call that role client engagement, brand strategy, or marketing director, it's a crucial role for any distributor, particularly because we are in the marketing business. The other role is that of a supply chain manager or production manager. Now, through the pandemic, we experienced a painful supply chain crisis, and suddenly monitoring and troubleshooting projects in production became a vital part of a distributor's workflow. But the role didn't arise as a short-term fix. In fact, post-pandemic, many suppliers changed their buying and inventory strategies, for example, offering fewer products and implementing shorter inventory cycles. Thus, one of the reasons for the need for a heavier ops focus on production. Because this role has become more important, I wanted to talk with an insider, someone doing the work, and explore their best practices and advice. But this just isn't any insider. Our guest actually has a military logistics background which I learned over dinner when we rolled through Austin, Texas last year during our Comic-Q Texas tour. Mike Vandervoet has been a production manager for over four years with Paperclip promotions. He brought seven years of Air Force logistics experience along with decades of customer facing involvement to his first job in the industry with Paperclip. Growing up in Southern California, Mike's first job was at In-N-Out Burger. It was an experience where he learned the value of treating everyone with equal kindness. Mike then joined the Air Force, where he was assigned as an inventory management specialist. It was a successful match for Mike as he was named one of the 12 outstanding airmen during his seven years serving. Upon leaving the Air Force, Mike completed his bachelor's degree in communication studies at California State University, Sacramento, and moved to Austin, Texas, where he's lived since 2000. Mike is moving out of his role as production manager and into a new role as program and fulfillment manager for Paperclip. So during our chat, I wanted to know not only what his experience was like in the production role, but how he's training his replacement, plus advice on how to do this production job well and what it involves. Even if you don't have any plans to hire a production manager, Mike's advice on how to masterfully handle production, working with salespeople, and strengthening your supplier relationships is so important. I really love this conversation with Mike. Hi friends, I'm Bobby Lehew, Chief Content Officer at CommonSKU. Since we're talking today about production, I want to mention that in 2019, not that long ago, there were no suppliers on CommonSQ with EPOs, electronic purchase orders, turned on, and only a percentage with connected inventory and order stats. What's an EPO? It's basically a touchless purchase order. Once you submit it, it requires little or no hands-on maintenance by you or the supplier. Today, seven major suppliers have connected EPOs through CommonSQ or are in the final stages of connecting product data and purchase orders, and more than 40 are connected through inventory and order status. That's thousands of products and millions of data points harnessed through the power of a connected workflow. Basically, between 2019 and now, plus a pandemic and near catastrophic supply chain issues, you have an incredible net gain of the brightest and best suppliers making strides toward one goal, simplicity for all. Our vision at CommonSkew is to eliminate the hassles of order management, the sometimes 30 or 40 steps involved in just getting an order across the finish line and thanks to promo standards and our connected workflow we're doing it you didn't get into the branded merch business to become a professional order handler you got into this business to create cool projects for clients order management that's our expertise let us do the heavy lifting do what over 700 other distributors have already done check out our touchless and seamless system at commonskew.com slash demo now here's my chat with our friend mike vandervo at paperclip promotions Thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Bobby. You bet. And it's so rare to get someone with your experience and a particular discipline in our industry that has become one of the most important roles in our industry. So you had seven years of inventory management in the Air Force. And as I mentioned in our introduction, um, you are with the wonderful company that we love, Paperclip, Ruth and the team. Uh, but you, but prior to that, you had seven years of inventory management in the Air Force and when I sat down with you at dinner, when Mark and I and we did our little Texas tour and we had dinner with you in Austin, I sat down and realized, wow, this is like a professional supply chain management person. You know what I, I know? You, and maybe you think or do not think of yourself that way, but that's fantastic because of that role is really growing in the industry. Um, so, but seven years of military experience—did that help you prepare for that for this role in the industry?
1: Yeah, I I would say, so uh, my seven years I spent uh, performing inventory management, uh, that was actually the highlight of uh, my career, I would say. So uh, not only that I learned so much uh, in terms of what it takes to move things, uh, and particularly at the time, uh, aircraft parts uh, all over the world, uh, but I also got to see and experience, uh, you know, seeing the world. So it was an experience that helped me, prepare me and shape me uh, both professionally
0: and personally. Yeah. I, I've read that, and you and I talked about this a little bit at that dinner, I've read that wars are won or lost at logistics. Would you agree? And, and, and like, do you have an example? And I'm bringing this up, not because neither of us are, are, uh, warmongers. I'm, I'm bringing this up because of the importance of the role in a successful distributorship, a role that has grown so much. Um, but logistics are won or lost in those cases.
1: Yeah. Um, I would agree. So, um, well, I don't have a uh, wartime example for you, um, I felt the pressure uh, working as the face of a logistics for a squadron. So, when just one of our aircraft that you're in charge of ordering parts for is sitting on a tarmac waiting for a part, that's uh, that's a universal not good sign to the entire base <laughs> right. that uh, the, the supply team is not uh, you know, has some work to do, basically. So, right. um, I think we can all relate in some way, right? So, when Amazon is delayed delivering that gift that you expected to give your kid for their birthday, yeah. uh, and, and it's delayed, I mean, you feel it. And um, in terms of distributorship specifically, uh, even though a delivery problem is uh, due to the shipper, bad weather, et cetera, uh, that's not an excuse to any reputable distributor wants to use. So yeah. uh, working with the suppliers that you can trust to do their job is an important element, as well as a, a order-managing platform, uh, such as CommonSq.
0: Yeah. In your career, um, you obviously had critical supplies to manage. Um, I mean, you, like you said, you have a multi million dollar plane sitting on the tarmac. Yeah. Um, wh- wh- how do you see supply chain different than we do, or do you see simil- similarities?
1: Sure. So um, I would say that uh, there's more differences than similarities when it comes to uh, specifically uh, being efficient. So, uh, for example, in the Air Force, if a part is on back order and impairing the mission then it's elevated to people that take care of that uh pretty efficiently so yeah. um for a recent uh, supplier example uh we had a few gift boxes that were damaged during delivery and so uh, unfortunately it took uh weeks and speaking with uh, numerous people just to get those boxes replaced so uh situations like that should only take one or two touches before it's remedied mm. and taken care of the next day the following day but um Unfortunately, it took like uh, multiple weeks and persons and things like that. So when it comes to efficiency, uh, I I can be impatient because I strive for and am used to a smooth process.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't want to stereotype all suppliers because we know how vital our supplier partners are. But in some cases, there's a missing role there, right, where you can elevate uh, uh, something to a critical mission status or something that's gone wrong. There are some suppliers that don't have that layer built in.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I didn't, I wasn't trying to pick on any sure particular supply either. I've just, you know, as an example
0: uh, that yeah. we had. Yeah. I've heard that before. That's why, that's why I bring it up. Um, but isn't it crazy how this universe works? I mean, who knew that you would someday stumble into this business, which has <laughs> a very own, su- com- very complex supply chain. Uh, how did you come up on this industry in Paperclip?
1: My journey to Paperclip uh, was by uh, Sets actually. So I was uh, searching for an opportunity to work with an employer, providing uh, upgrades to my benefits that I truly had. And I had interviewed with the two Paperclip founders, uh, Beth Walker and Ruth Ferber. And I guess you could say the rest was her story, right? So they were, uh, <laughs> they were kind enough to take a chance at hiring me. And so being neither the pro product industry. So uh, looking back, uh, what stands out for me uh, that I used to start my day at Paperclip, going to the office at 8 a.m. to an office full of people and then you know within a year I was I was walking to an empty office during the pandemic where on many days I'd be lucky to see maybe three people you know the UPS right. dude the FedEx dude and <laughs> maybe the USPS person so right. uh, definitely a lot has happened and so I just also need to recognize that uh, Ruth and Beth's decision to keep paperclip going uh yeah. in during the unknown you went Many businesses were just shutting down and saying, "Hey, we'll we'll give you a call if, if we need you when we're we're back up." Like they decided to to keep it going, um, you know. And I'm happy to say that we've moved on from face mask orders to bigger and better things today.
0: <laughs> um, you, so you came on board right before the pandemic, right? Right before yes. Yes, and now you're you're moving on to a different role. Tell us about uh, the role you're moving into now.
1: So, I'm moving into the role of a uh, product and fulfillance manager. So, I haven't said it enough, sorry. So, right, I'll no, it's brand
0: new. So, you're now, as you mentioned, um, them, you know, paperclip keeping the business open was huge for you. you were, you've now actually moved on to a different role, but you have been doing the supply chain role for a while. And I I keep repeating myself, but in the intro, I talked about how there are a couple of roles that are really grown in the industry. One is a supply chain manager. One is marketing, but you're now training someone else for this role. And as you thought about the most important aspects of this role, since you're handing it off and we're, we're probably the folks that are tuning in today are probably really curious about this role. Either they're distributors who don't have that role yet and they want to craft it in their business, they want to define it in their business, or there are folks who are doing this role or maybe they're brand new. What were two or the three essential traits that you were looking for in this person since you did the role, you're hiring for that role, and now you're training for that role? What were you looking for?
1: So I think uh, first and foremost is uh, someone who is uh, detail-oriented. So uh, we know too well in the industry that just one number, one letter can make all the difference in the world, you know, if your client is going to have their order delivered on time. Uh, so having someone who is detail oriented and enjoys making sure that the details are correct is uh, paramount. So I I tell everybody that I'd rather work on making sure all the addresses on a spreadsheet are uniform and correct instead of coming up with a design idea. So I don't mind being the (laughs) the left brain guy in a world of, uh, right brain people. So, uh, and then secondly. You want someone that you can uh, trust that will work well under pressure. So mm. when you do experience a problem, uh, the quicker you can formulate solutions for a client, uh, the better chance we have of making it right.
0: In some ways, not to you know um, blow this out of proportion, but it's a little true that an air traffic controller has some uh, resonance with this role in supply chain manager because you're moving a lot of pieces at one time, so it can be very high stress.
1: Yeah, it, it, it definitely can, especially when you have these uh, tight in hand date and mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of moving parts literally in, in 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 the supply chain, and so you rely on a lot of. Uh, good people and good relationships
0: yeah so detail oriented you want someone who's going to obsess about those kind of details you mentioned that being a left brain person in a right brain world is actually very critical for an operation you need a balance of those kinds of folks what were some of the key ingredients you wanted to convey to this new person that you brought on that would help them in the role now that you've done it
1: um so yeah there's a a few things that come to mind at first of course uh back to the detail so make sure you You've done your part in the name of efficiency with with, with the details that uh, you do that you provide when uh, placing an order. Um, mm. And I think one of the things that uh, we we well maybe we don't overlook, but one of the most important things is uh, nurturing your industry relationships. Right. Mm. So, the the way a production manager, the, the way I've I've done it. So, in a world of constant emails, if if someone just says uh, you know something like, oh, they hope you're having a good day. So. I'll actually acknowledge and reply to that sentiment. A lot of people mm. will just kind of go on to the business and all on all that, but uh, and sure, it's, it may seem like robotic on on their part to ask, but you'll never know until you genuinely reply. And so, and I'd rather be that guy that stands out because I've answered about my day to than to be that uh, lumped uh, person into the group of routine and unmemorable replies. So, I think uh, the industry relationships play a big part. Um, I think uh, you need to expect to make mistakes, but learn from them. So it's inevitable that we're gonna make mistakes, uh, but learning from them is the difference between uh, performing below standards and uh, meeting the standards. Yeah. And then I say, um, finally, I would say that your teammates are uh, essential to the company's success. Hmm. And sometimes you'll need them to do homework. Uh, For example, As a production manager, it's important to stay in your lane before you find yourself doing a a sales uh, (laughs) manager's job as well. So, uh, for example, when it comes to a rush order, uh, the sales manager needs to, the whole work that needed to give is, uh, give us the details about the job to to make this a successful order. So, you need to make sure you check stock, the proof time, the production time, then we can figure out what that firm enhanced ship date is. and. Only until then is we can uh, have a successful order.
0: That's a great point because if if someone hands you in half complete order, that doesn't help. I mean, it, it actually hurts the process. And so it's screwed up right from the beginning. No matter yes. how good your supply chain person is, if it's if they're handed an order with 15% of it incorrect, then it's going to be screwed up from the get-go. And we, we all know that orders are turning at the last minute for everything.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, we, we try to do our best here to... To be efficient and just make sure yeah. everything's done at the get-go so we don't uh, yeah. waste time and money with, you know, touches of uh, getting back with people and this back right. and forth that's
0: unnecessary. The other thing I really love about what you said, this is a very people-oriented business. It's a very, people call that a relationship business. It is. And I, I love your advice that you started out with about be human and be real and be memorable because you did this with me, by the way. It's it's probably just something you do with uh, without even being really conscious of it. And it opened up a conversation about running, right? I started running yeah. again. Here, you've done marathons and we wouldn't have got into that conversation and Yes, completely memorable from that, from our dinner anyways, but I mean, I it was fantastic. And to encourage folks, the reason why I'm bringing this up, there are thousands of distributors. So if there are thousands of distributors, there are thousands, tens of thousands of orders floating through the industry on any given day at any time. And you can easily become just another number to someone who in their role has more autonomy than we probably realize at a supplier, so for example, or at your embroiderer or your screen printer or wherever it might be. So I think those are two really great points.
1: Yeah, definitely. And then sometimes, um, for, for example, a little um, personal touch I'll sometimes have is if I'm out for a day or two and I'm in uh, email contact with whether it's a client or one of the suppliers and stuff like that, I'll just say like, oh yeah, hey, I was out, uh, you know, watching Hamilton last night and I'll just send them a, a little picture of, uh, right. of me there. And that kind of like humanizes it. and may lead to other conversations yeah. of, you know, oh great, I love Hamilton or I hate yeah. musicals or, or whatever, right? But <laughs> <Right. laughs> whatever the thing is, you you have more of a, a personal relationship with that person now that you've uh, shared something about yourself.
0: Yeah. And I'm sorry to bounce around. I'm going back and forth to a couple of things because you said so many key things there too. Um, but the... The idea, and I I guarantee you some production managers are going to be listening to this episode. They're going to be forwarding this to everyone on their sales team because they all deal with this problem of folks turning in orders that are half done, 10% complete, missing that one thing, and they just expect for it to go smoothly. And suppliers deal with that frustration all the time, Mm -hmm. but that is probably one of the most stressful parts of a distributorship business in your interworkings with each other. Are those, is that incomplete information?
1: Yeah, definitely. And, and again, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you know, the relationship you have with your, uh, sales manager is like I- integral because, right, you know, it, you really are a team. And, and so I get this a lot, you know, when I send out the shipping information, I, I copy our, our sales manager. And a lot of times our, our, our uh, clients, they see us as one of the same. They don't see me as, oh, he just does shipping and production or, or, mm-hmm. or whatever. They'll, They'll reply to me and say, "Hey, can you reorder this?" and and really, it's not technically in my lane, but I, I'm happy to do whatever right. I can, right? And we right. work together with with our sales team. So, yeah, we we, we really are like um, just just a just a big team. And, and it, yeah, that PO, uh, it's not just the production manager. It's it's the production manager, the salesperson, maybe our sales support. Like everybody's uh, hand is in there.
0: Yeah. Going back to your daily routine, I'm asking this question kind of for owners who are considering this role or other supply chain managers who have this role and they want to know how you do it differently or salespeople who need to know better what your role consists of. What was your daily routine like as a supply chain manager? You would come in first thing in the morning, you'd open up SKU, and you would look at what?
1: Yeah. So I what I call like the big four uh, columns. So okay. uh, first and foremost is going to be the status column. So I really have a, an issue that was in the problem category, but if I did, I just want to see what do I need to do to take this out of the problem status. So do I need to follow up with the client, uh, the supplier, or what have you? So, and the, and the problem could move.
0: be anything. It could be that the PO wasn't wasn't confirmed, exactly. Or and something there was a question
1: like on, um, you know, the quantity. Um, right. Is this actually one or two color? Like it could be a, a, a variety of things. Uh, I see. And so, yeah, we want to move that out of the problem stage into the the, the confirmed stage uh, the status. So um and then the second is, is the stage column. So have I heard back from all the suppliers on the PO I've sent. So especially yeah. with new suppliers, you don't know what their their MO is. So um, you know, do they a lot of uh, suppliers are gonna have the automated reply, hey, I've received your email, we'll get back right. to you and all right. that. But a lot of them you don't hear anything, especially the new ones. So you need to make sure that you've sent that they've received it, you send it to the right email and so forth. And then the third is the proof column. Are there any proofs I need to follow up with the client to make sure they received my email? Uh, a lot of times it gets uh, into their company uh, junk or spam folders because I have that proof link or a PDF attached and so forth. So I'll have to follow up with the client sometimes to make sure they actually uh, have seen uh, my proof email that I've sent them. And then also see if I'll overlook that approval, if there's a status that the client actually approved and I, I maybe overlooked the email that I, I should have gotten to contact mm-hmm. the supplier that, hey, it's it's been approved and ready to go. So uh, that's another nice uh, double check right there. And the last thing I do is uh, look at the project uh, uh, ship date. So I need to make sure that any firm in-hand dates uh, that orders that we have been taken care of and look into tracking information for the, the other orders that have shipped.
0: I, um, a lot of folks that... Turn to CommonSkew, turn to it for the simplicity of the order management side. But where I think the platform excels the most with a growing distributor is in handling the complexity of so many orders at the same time with an entire team. So that transparency, but I'm I'm speaking ahead, but how does CommonSkew help you stay on top of those projects in play as it's going?
1: Sure, um, and it's, it's funny you say that because I tell everyone that my success as a, a production manager is in big part uh, to the use of CommonSkew. So often of the tasks that we perform, uh, you rely on a series of uh, looking at the emails, logging onto a website or two, and maybe looking over notes somewhere. But w- with CommonSkew, I can answer every question about an order because of how robust uh, the platform is. And so, and. Uh, as a production manager, your teammates won't even have to ask you uh, questions about the status if you utilize the platform up to mm. the potential. It's like, right. I, everything I do is right there, so they don't have to email me, slack me, and say, hey, Mike, what's the status of this? You just right. open up the, the, the project and you're gonna see my notes that I put on there and you can answer your own question. I could I could be out running and you can figure out <laughs> right. what the status is and what's right. going I, on.
0: I, that, that is such a huge thing. And I, I don't mean to camp out on just queue for a minute, but it's such a huge thing because <laughs> how many emails we trade back and forth on, mm-hmm. can you give me a status of?
1: Yes. Yeah. And that's part of this whole efficiency thing. You know, I just, right. um, it, it, it's it's a big focus. And again, uh, with, without CommonsQ, we wouldn't be as efficient as as, as we are. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm new to this industry and I told uh, uh, Ruth, you know, uh, about, you know, once you check up on how I'm doing and, you know, how my workload is, you know, they follow mm -hmm. up and I say, I'm great. I have a common skew. And as long (laughs) as I have my stuff together on common skew, then I'm good. I'm golden. That's fantastic.
0: I love it because it's really one of the hardest roles in the business if it's not done with that kind of symmetry. And simplicity uh, that we yeah, have. Yeah,
1: you have to be consistent, you have to uh, utilize all the tools that are there for you that are available and yeah. and once you embrace that, once you do that, uh, your job as a production manager should be uh, as seamless as possible.
0: Um, When you walk in in the morning and you open up that production dashboard and, and what's a red flag? What gets your attention right away? Like What are one or two red flags and you go, uh-oh.
1: So, I, I've been fortunate that uh, not to have so many red flags with the the team that I have. So my experience has been that the majority of the red flags uh, can be be prevented uh, when you do have the the teammates do their homework, create the sales order, and all that stuff. But uh, with that said, a red flag for me is when the tracking information uh, hasn't been given to me in the time that the player said for an order with the Furman as they, like, when I see that, I didn't get that because a lot of the shipping information will come overnight, and I don't see that tracking email. I get on the phone right away, like, "Hey, yeah. is is this done? Like, yeah, is, is it?
0: That's huge, is it right? Not
1: ground? Is it two day? Like we yeah. we
0: talked about, and so that's right. huge. Yeah, that's huge. That's everything. Or right? you lose a you lose a hundred thousand dollar client over two thousand dollar order that way. Exactly. Yeah. Um, You seem to have developed uh, an intuitive sense, likely based on experience, of when you need more oversight over a particular supplier. Can you speak to that a little more? And we're not going to throw anyone under the bus. We're just kind of more, I'm sort of trying to get more an idea of the MO of a person in your role you tend to know that there are certain suppliers that you're like, you know what, I don't have to worry about the supplier because they have their things dialed in. And to be fair to suppliers, maybe they're brand new to the industry and they're still trying to work out some kinks and figure some things out. Or maybe it's a supplier that you've chosen that's not even in our traditional industry, therefore they don't really um, comply with the kinds of guidelines and rules that we use. But you, that's an important part of this role, right, is for you to understand the supplier network.
1: Yeah, and that's something that I had to learn, uh, being new to the promotional product industry. So, uh, But I think it goes back to nurturing your industry relationship. So often that relationship can be the difference between needing to give more uh, oversight to a supplier. Like, uh, for example, I like to let the suppliers do their job after giving them all the information they need for this. And so granted, every supplier has their M.O. uh, when it comes to confirming an order, receiving proof, etc. So... When those first steps are uh, falling outside the usual range that you're used to of these suppliers uh then it's time to follow up you know if i yeah. if i'm used to getting that uh, email you know that next day and i haven't got it i'm gonna get on the phone with the inside salesperson and say hey i i didn't see anything did you guys uh get this yet yeah. and so um so yeah i just follow up with a, a phone call and i haven't heard back and uh, from there, I'll ha- ask for a clear uh, time expectations for like proofs, revisions, production time. And I think these things are are um, very uh, beneficial to nipping things in the bud.
0: Yeah. Regarding EPO integration, when done well, it really can impact supply chain. How do you feel about EPO integration from what you've tested so far?
1: So um, I haven't had that much uh, EPO order experiences, but the, the experiences that I've had with uh, Covered Bug and Bullet. And Starline, it's been uh, very efficient and it's uh, to me, um, yeah, I think it's a game changer because that live inventory, that stock, like, you know, right away that order is going to be processed, you know, Uh, there's other, the alternative is maybe hearing back a day or so later and then saying, hey, we're out of stock. What about these things? So uh, ETOs are, I'm a big proponent of them.
0: Uh, last few questions for you, Mike. What's uh what's yeah, on your desk no. today? What's I always like asking folks this question, like what's on your desk today? Because we can get an idea of what your job is like. What's the next fire?
1: Sure. Uh, so on my desk is uh, placing order for the the programs that we have in place and how we can better serve our clients uh, with with the use or expansion of a company store. So um as in uh, many industry, timing is everything. And I wanna do everything I can to get ahead with having the right products ready at the right time. So I try to prevent these uh, fires with doing all I can to be efficient. So I need to do my own version of a uh, controlled burning, if you will, for these <laughs> fires. So, right. And that's communicating with our sales manager who talks to our clients that don't have a provost store with us just yet. And then communicating with our current provost store clients uh, to make sure that we're meeting their expectations. And if I do that, hopefully I can put on my, uh, Smoke to the bear hat and uh, prevent these fires.
0: <laughs> Wait, do you have like two more minutes, Mike? I, yeah, I don't oh yeah, you. All, okay, yeah. that's great. Okay, sure. so what do you enjoy doing when you're not working?
1: Um, so uh, lately I've been starting to pack uh, for a move that I'm going to be. Uh, that's making right, you're going to Europe.
0: Meeting. Where was it you were going?
1: I, uh, what's that? I'm sorry. Where were you going?
0: You were going to Europe. I know that. Oh
1: yes. Uh, so um, the the my next move for me is to the Netherlands, and so. I've been uh, fortunate to be eligible for dual citizenship and decided the next chapter of my life will be to permanently move uh, to the Netherlands. So it's actually uh, sort of a circle because I was actually stationed at the U.S. Air Base when I was in the Air Force in the Netherlands before I helped
0: uh, close that down. So so you were obviously staying with Paperclip while you're doing this. And yes, that's yeah, fantastic. I can't tell you how
1: much uh, the support of uh, Ruth and Beth mean to me, so I expected to leave Paperclip when I moved, uh, you know, I was going to do the move, but they're so gracious and wanting me to stick around. So I couldn't ask uh, for a better situation. I'm very grateful and and fortunate to have them.
0: And this is the kind of thing that just warms our hearts at CommonSkew because uh, being able to create a platform that allows people to work from anywhere, is this is one of those kinds of stories that we just absolutely love. You know, the fact that we can create this kind of um, energy and enthusiasm around it. Um, what, do you, what do you enjoy doing when you're not working? I know you're a runner.
1: So, yeah, when it's not the uh, sweltering heat as, as, uh, <laughs> right. as we're both experiencing, I, I've right. been known to get uh, some miles in and uh, just like you. And I've been uh, fortunate to complete over a dozen or so uh, full marathons, but uh, back in April, I was able to complete a a bucket list marathon at uh, Big Sur. So um, I'll probably give it a little rest considering all this uh, heat before I get some serious run miles in, but I'll be looking into running uh, Paris and London and and Berlin. So That's awesome. No, Not just like
0: me, Mike, I can't hold a candle to what you're doing. Tell us uh, (laughs) lastly here, where do you go for inspiration in any brands you follow?
1: Sure. So uh, I'm inspired by uh, those who overcome uh, great obst- obstacles through no fault of their own. And so one of the bigger examples uh, recently are going to be the, the, the Ukrainian people, you know, the, yeah. the many men and women who have to start over with literally their clothes on their back and, yeah. and maybe a suitcase. So it gives me a constant reminder that figuring out how low I want to keep my thermostat during a heat wave is clearly a first yeah. world problem for me. Right. Um, and so uh, what inspires me, so as a vegan, I'm inspired by brands that offer uh, vegan leather. So I love what Numo offers. So uh, uh, cool. I also love that the 10th Street line of uh, sustainable uh, clothing's out there. So I, I think there was a time when the word uh, sustainable wasn't prevalent in, in the industry, right? So yeah. my hope is that many suppliers uh, follow Numo, and anytime that we can get our, word, uh, our world, I'm sorry, to becoming more cruelty-free gives me uh,
0: inspiration. That's great, Mike. Um, I, I have one last, last question. I promise this is it. No, what's no, I'm, what's, I'm, what's your latest book, podcast, article, or movie or show that's really inspired you?
1: That's a great question. I have to admit, I haven't really subscribed to any of the streaming services long term. So I'm not <laughs> part of that common, uh, Have you watched or have you heard? Uh, right. So, but. I do plan on watching Ted Lasso once I've moved um, and uh, it may not be in the inspirational category, but maybe in the more uh, positive category, I would say just yeah. the TV show, uh, modern family that, that does it to me to see yeah. how people uh, can relate to work out their differences and yeah. they'll love each other and uh, with a positive message. So
0: that's always yeah. good. I love the characters in that show. They're fantastic. Mike, Thank you so much. This has been so informative, and you have no idea how helpful this is going to be for folks that are doing this role. And thanks for sharing your wisdom and insight with us.
1: It's been a pleasure, and it's always great uh, speaking with you, Bobby. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks, my friend. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Skewcast. Be sure to keep up with our latest content by subscribing to Skewcast on iTunes or to our blog at community.com/skew.com. Until next time friends, thanks so much for listening.